This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. We appreciate it. You get bonus episodes. You get ad-free episodes and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a very frazzling week over here on The Real Life. And uh-huh. so this is going to be a really good episode Very. i think can i tell you um some some feedback i got oh. from uh somebody who i know irl <laughs> that means in real life okay. boomers uh, <laughs> i i've talked about a, a family who i'm very close with they volunteer at my barn um and one of and they're all seventh day adventists they're a family and there's like 17 or 18 year old twins and one of them looked me dead in the eyes and said, oh, my God, I listened to your podcast. And it wasn't horrible at all. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever Truly said Truly nicer than anything you've said to me. Very. Anyway. I was very excited because I had, like, there were stories this week I didn't see anywhere else. And I'm like, I'm going to get to break the bad news, which you know is my favorite to me? thing to do. Yeah. But I don't like that. It makes me sad. Too bad. Oh. Okay, let's start in Mississippi because this is wild. Do you know what a trigger law is? I do. What's it, a trigger it, law in regards to abortion? Uh, it's essentially that uh, states had a uh, had laws built up so if and when Roe v. Wade got overturned, immediately abortion become functionally illegal. Either legal or functionally illegal in their right. state. Basically saying, we're going to pass this law to abolish abortion mm-hmm. in our state. But since that's illegal right now, because of by Roe, Roe v. Wade. If Roe v. Wade were to disappear, we our law super, mm-hmm. becomes the superseding law. We get to ban abortion There's in our state. There's also something similar called trap laws, which were used to sort of code abortion clinics into oblivion of mm. like, your janitorial closets need to be... You know, the walls need to be 18 inches thick that like places Stupid building codes exactly, that no that one's expected to, to live just up shut to. down abortion clinics and treat and hold them to the standards of like an emergency room when it's yeah. like a Planned Parenthood, which obviously not the same. Here's anyway, one example of this in real life. In yes. Idaho, they passed a law that said if Roe v. Wade is overturned, and we don't then, want it to happen. And we're not saying There's anything an about that. at the bottom. Nobody's praying for right. that. If that happens, then 30 days after that, abortion providers are suddenly guilty of a felony punishable by two to five years in prison. And there's Mm going to be a ban on the procedure after six weeks of pregnancy before many women know they are pregnant. Mm. Um, And if Roe isn't overturned, the law doesn't go into effect. So you don't get to like say it's unconstitutional. So we'll take it to court. Do I need to do my pregnancy timeline again for the people to make people understand what six weeks pregnant means? It means, yeah, go for it. Really Okay, so everybody new to the family, I had a miscarriage on Thanksgiving of 2020. It fucking sucked. Thanksgiving is a miserable holiday now for me. We were actively trying to get pregnant. I was taking tests every morning. Every morning, as soon as I got up, I would take a pregnancy test. One day I got up, took a pregnancy test. It was negative three or four hours later I was working I was like ugh, I feel weird took another one and it was positive I called my doctor immediately and they said okay so you're four and a half weeks along (laughs) and I was I want to be very clear about this taking tests every single morning and every time I felt not perfect I took a test so think if and my that was four pe- and a half weeks uh-huh and think of my period was irregular or whatever these people do not understand how the human body works and they can go jump 
up or, their own ass because they think that's how it works. Counterpoint, they know exactly how a woman's body works, and they're like, six weeks sounds like we're giving you some time to take care of it, but we know it's not enough. I hate Okay, that's not even what this story is about. Well, Here's why I bring be. all this up. Um, for the first time, and I haven't seen this before, in Mississippi, lawmakers just proposed a bill that is like a trigger law for church-state separation. Wow. If, oh, my God. We weren't even talking about abortion? Uh-huh, nope. You just baited it, me. I was trying to make sure trigger bait laws me. make sense. Here's what it is. <laughs> You're trying to bait me. There is a 1962 Supreme Court decision, uh, Engel okay. v. Vital. Uh, Vitelli, but basically what it said is at the time in New York, like their board of regents mm-hmm. had a 22 word non-denominational prayer. And they said, school districts, you should say this prayer like almighty God. We acknowledge our dependence upon thee and we beg thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers and our country. Listen, if you're so putting they- thy in there, we all know <laughs> it's from the Bible gang. Yes. I know so, you're not quoting Shakespeare at me. And the thing is, the Supreme Court. Even though everyone else said, that seems fine. Mm. The Supreme Court at the time in 62 said six to one. No, you cannot do this Mm -hmm. with justices saying things like government in this country should stay out of the business of writing or sanctioning official prayers. Mm -hmm. Another justice said it inserts a divisive influence into our communities. Yeah, this is 62. This is is 62. peak. White people rule everything. (laughs) And Engel v. Vitelli, I mean, that was like your basis for all the church-state separation uh, decisions that came in the the years to follow. First of its kind? And then suddenly after that one passed, and like then the Madeline Murray O'Hare case comes in, they're like saying, well, we already said yes in the previous case. We're going to say yes here. So conservative Christians especially hate that 1962 decision, but that they respect says, it because they respect the rule of law. They as the care Supreme Court nothing say. about the rule of yeah, law. But they told me that the Supreme Court is just like a neutral thing, and everything uh-huh. they say is perfect They're and to the Constitution. To everybody. So here's the thing: the conservative Christians hate that law. They want it overturned because they're saying, in theory, this 1962 prayer. It wasn't Christian per se. It was just about God. We didn't say the Christian God. It's just implied. Right. But they're saying there's nothing wrong with that. We should overturn that. And if you overturn that ruling or rescind it or do whatever, guess what? Now we could leave it to the states how we handle prayer in school. So in Mississippi this week, lawmakers decided to... uh, I should go back. Let me make sure this makes sense. Here's what they do right now in Mississippi when it comes to prayer in schools. Right now, state law says every public school can, if they want, have a moment of silence. Up to 60 seconds, which is a long time. So long. But they're allowed to do that if they want to. Now, earlier this month, like beginning of January... A guy named Oscar Denton, who is a state representative in Mississippi, Uh proposed a bill that said it would allow... It would allow non-sectarian, non-proselytizing student-initiated prayer over the intercom. (gasps) Thank you for giving me (laughs) a spot in the Constitution. I appreciate that. Basically, what Denton was saying is, I guess, if students say we would like to pray, here Mm -hmm. is our prayer. Mm -hmm. And it was something like the New York one from 62, Mm -hmm. which doesn't say which religion they are a part of. Doesn't say you have to listen to us and it, it's student-driven, then the school cannot stop those kids from saying it over the loudspeaker. The student-driven one is bogus as fuck, because you know if the... Oh, Christ, what's the... um 
the gay straight GSA, yeah. the gay straight alliance and height, you know, if they wanted to do something that was like specific and like, um, it's not about gay people, but it's no, 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 guys, you know, you're yeah. doing. You um, and by the doing. way, in Mississippi, which is by one measure, the most highly religious state in the country, mm. 83% of people are Christian. 14% they ha- say they have no religious affiliation, 14, which one, is four? very low. One, wow. four, but that means, that leaves like 2% of people. They're probably all uh, in Jackson. <laughs> yeah, like 2% of people who have no like non-Christian religion. You know mm, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're only going to hear Christian religious prayers. You know that. But anyway, here's the thing. This guy says, eh, if students want to say the prayer, let them. And if you're looking at that, the obvious response to that bill is to say, you can't do that because the Supreme Court a long time ago, mm-hmm. like over 50, 60 years ago now, yeah. said you can't have that type of prayer said over the loudspeakers in public schools. By the way, you also can't do that at a football game. That's a different decision, but it also how applies. Does nobody you see can't how do this. wildly inappropriate that would so, be. It is wildly inappropriate, but here's the thing. So he he he's allowed to file whatever bill he wants, mm-hmm. right? He's a tell he's, me his position again. He's a Mississippi state representative. State rep. State rep. But here's the thing. That would totally be a violation of the law as it stands. Unless. Well, here's the thing. That bill was, if you look at the listing on the Mississippi legislature's website, it says it has been sent to like the education subcommittee, which is what happens with all these bills. They get sent off to various committees to decide what to do with it. Mm -hmm. But this week, uh, I think last Friday, actually, a different bill was proposed by a different Mississippi legislator named Jeffrey Hullum, I believe, H-U-L-U-M, Jeffrey Hullum. And it was almost identical to that bill that the other guy did, but there was one difference. Oh, boy. This one had a line in it that basically said, this bill goes into effect if and only if the Supreme Court overturns Engel v. Vitale. From 62. Basically okay. saying, we already know that other guy's bill is unconstitutional. Is that a thing you can but do? But right now, we're going to promote, we're going to l- propose this piece of legislation that you can't touch because it's not a law right now. Even if it passed through, all, got all the signatures, got all the votes, it doesn't go into effect yet. So you can't fight us on it. It only goes into effect if the Supreme Court says that old decision is bad. And as soon as they overturn the Engel case from 62, this law would then, if we pass it, it would go into effect 10 days later. Okay, could you help me understand that part? So people cannot protest the law right now. Well, you couldn't file a lawsuit saying it's unconstitutional because the law doesn't really exist anywhere yet. You can't fight it because what exactly are you fighting? It's not even in effect right now. I'm so sorry. I think it's just become abundantly clear. I do not understand how laws are made because this is blowing my mind. I hope I'm getting that right. But basically they're saying we're going to pass this law that we know right now would be totally illegal, but it wouldn't even apply in our state unless the Supreme Court says school prayer is now okay. So okay. we're just kind of banking okay. this. We're going to try to get the votes. We're going to get the governor's signature. And there's nothing anybody can do until I don't if think and there is. Correct me if I'm wrong, church state separation sh- attorneys. Scholars. Yeah. So if and when this 1962 decision to disallow non-sectarian non-denominational prayers, non-denominational prayers. Mm-hmm. prayers in school. If the Supreme Court says, you know what? 
we got the votes. We're just going to say, eh, leave it to the states when it comes to school prayer. Mm-hmm. They're saying, well, guess what? We're ready for it. And we're going to say yes to school prayer. And by the way, they're all going to be Christian. I've had an emotionally challenging week, and this is really mm-hmm. not helpful. I mean, I can understand why they're doing it, because we already saw the Supreme Court rule in the Bremerton case that if a high school coach wants to pray at midfield after a game, you know, in a certain way, even though it's showy and performative and coercive, mm-hmm. they already said, that seems fine to us. It looks like they're going to rule in favor of, like, Christian website designers who say, no gay people, I don't want to deal with them. And they're mm-hmm. like, that seems fine to us, no matter what the anti-discrimination laws are in a state. So, like, we know that they, if if the right case was in front of them, they would probably have no problem saying, yeah, leave prayer in schools to the states. But here's, I left out one detail that's going to blow your mind. I don't want my mind blown, please. Too bad. Mm. The guy who filed that first illegal version of the bill Uh and the guy who filed the revised trigger law version of the bill, Mm -hmm. both Democrats. Why? I just yep. told you I was having a hard Too bad. time. And, and, I, and the guy who filed the trigger law version of the bill, he has nine Democratic co-sponsors and three Republicans. I mean, are we looking at... Oh, boy. There's no... I was going to say... I was going to ask if we're looking at a uh, West Virginia what's-his-face case of, like, you just need to... What's his name? Joe Manchin? Uh, Joe Manchin of, like, you need to be pretty centrist to hold on to your Democratic seat and... Uh, very was, conservative state, but yeah. fuck these people. Anyway. I think a truly, couple, truly, a couple of the people who are supporting this bill. Fuck these people. Sure. A couple of the people are like pastors who use that platform to elevate themselves. Like you don't need a ton of votes in some of these districts in Mississippi. I think I counted one of those people had about 600 votes. That was enough to win the state house seat. Wow. So you don't need a huge bunch of people here. Sure. And if you get voted in a really religious community, even as a Democrat, this doesn't seem like out of the ordinary for them. But it's a dumb idea, uh, sure. obviously. And maybe it feels like a, for, for again, for lib- Democrats, does it feel like a thing that, doesn't hurt anybody because everybody's Christian anyway, and they don't want to like spend their social capital on this. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Um, It all fucking sucks. I haven't heard any of those Democrats, like I looked on their social media, none of them were talking about this bill. No one was saying, here's why I support this bill or why I'm putting my name on this bill. Mm -hmm. They just haven't talked about it yet, which is surprising because it seems like a big deal. Mm -hmm. I should tell you that two years ago, a Republican in the state represented, a state representative, Jill Ford, she filed a bill to just straight up bring Christian prayer back in school. Sure. That bill just died in committee. But at the time, that woman, Jill Ford, said, you know, the first step is requesting Congress to allow prayer back in school. If Congress said it was okay and they passed a law allowing it, my bill would be great. Like she kind of said at the time, if if higher up people allow this to happen, mm-hmm. we are ready to go. They didn't get anywhere. But now it seems like now that conservatives, including Democrats, know that the Supreme Court is in their hand. Mm. It's like, all right, well, let's move forward with it. What I'm waiting to see. I mean, I think this bill will pass because it's Mississippi. What I'm wondering is whether other states are going to like Project Blitz this thing, and they all use the same version of this bill to sure. do more. I mean, that's likely. Yet. So, we'll and that's see. of their character, right? Like, right. that's kind of the 
game they play. So just keep that in the back of your head somewhere. I will, mm-hmm. let me move to this. Last weekend, I had my in-laws over and we needed to make dinner in a crunch. Instead of ordering out, we did something even easier thanks to ButcherBox. We were able to grab just what we needed and exactly how much we needed from the freezer. After that, everything else was a breeze. You too can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust and the food you chose in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. And if you eat everything, that's also okay. The food from ButcherBox is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. Have peace of mind knowing there are no antibiotics or added hormones. Sign up at ButcherBox.com friendly and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com friendly and use code FRIENDLY to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Uh, I don't know, slightly happy. I don't know if this is a happier story. I'm it starts very low badly. Right now, That's fine. I'll oh, keep you good. lower. All right, great. In Thank Idaho, you. in Idaho, Idaho is one is of this six. Is this about the murders? Because I of just can't it's about, keep No, t- it's not about those murders. Oh, okay. I don't follow that one. They caught that guy. Yeah, they did. Um, <laughs> so in Idaho, it's one of six states where if you believe in, quote, faith healing and praying over your kids Mm -hmm. in the case of some disease. If you say, I was faith healing, I prayed for my child instead of took my child to a doctor, and then that child dies, Uh being saying faith healing is what you did, that can help you escape charges of negligent homicide or manslaughter or capital murder. What about child neglect? Is that anything? Uh, I think it doesn't doesn't count. If you say I'm, I prayed for my kid and I hope the uh, kid got better. They will let it slide. And the thing is, years ago, yeah. there were a lot of newspaper articles. There was a documentary made about a followers of Christ denomination where a their whole yes. thing is faith healing, and they prayed, and a lot of their uh, members have babies, and a lot of those babies died. And all of those parents were like, well, I did everything I could for my child. I prayed for them. And then they stopped talking. Like, that was it. That's all they did. And so it was a big deal. And the question is, okay, I'm not counting on the people in this crazy sect to do the right thing. I can't get them to change their thinking here. But maybe we could change the law to prosecute some of these parents for their negligence, right? That would be the sensible thing to do because politicians just need to pass a law removing those faith healing exemptions from the law. Yeah, easy peasy. Not only does it seem easy, you could make that argument. Not only is it easy peasy, you could (laughs) make that argument by using like, quote unquote, pro-life arguments. Like we want to protect the baby. We don't want children to die. We don't want children to die. Don't you want to save the children? So yeah, if a parent's negligence leads to a child's death, 
let's allow the law to go after those parents. But we have to remember that they do not care about actual human children. They care about <laughs> controlling right. women and what they, they do They care about fetuses bodies. and children who don't exist. But again, this so is if such children a... Die, it fits like, the well, stereotype perfectly, which is as soon as they are born, these people stop caring Well, about and it them. seems to be that they're like fully back in like the 17th century that they're like, everybody has to have 12 babies because three of them are going to survive to adulthood. Yeah. And that's just... The game that you played. That's how it That's used how to be. And they're like, yeah, we all dealt with that for 300 years. Yes, we have better medicine. We d- That doesn't have to happen anymore. But fuck it. We're in Idaho. We're 90% trees. Fuck it. Right. So in the last time I saw a bunch of those articles being written and really raising people's consciousness about this issue was in like 2020, a couple okay. of years ago. It's been a while. So the Idaho Statesman newspaper said, you know what? We haven't seen a lot since 2020. I wonder what's up with the church. From the with, specific church? From that specific, I okay. should say de- uh, denomination, because I don't know if it's just one church or okay. a couple of churches. But they decided to make public records requests about these issues. And what they found is that eight Child deaths, including stillbirths, associated with faith healing since the start of 2020 in Canyon County, which is where the followers of Christ's largest group is located. Eight Eight children died? Eight more in the past two years, almost three years. Plus two stillbirths? Including some stillbirths. But like one of the coroner's reports they got a hold of said one child died after being sick for six weeks with strep throat that developed into pneumonia. Totally fixable if you take your kid to a doctor. strep throat, the thing I had 47 times as a child and somehow miraculously survived? Yeah. I mean, these are treatable conditions and yet... Because these parents said, nope, God will take care of it. I don't have to take my kid to the doctor. They take their faith more seriously than they take humanity. Mm -hmm. They take their faith more seriously than they take their own family and their own children. And that is, I think, something to be afraid of. That's extremely frightening. Now, here's one. the reason I was like, I wonder where the story is going. The Idaho Statement said also in their article, like, they were wondering, is there any reason to believe legislators might do the right thing here? And they had a couple of things that were very interesting where they said they said two things in particular. One is that there was one woman in particular. Her, uh, she was a state senator, Patty Ann Lodge. She retired basically after 11 terms mm. in the legislature. She represented a lot of members. Her constituents included a lot of the members of that church. And she's opposed removing that faith healing exemption. I wonder why. That's weird. I can't uh, uh-huh. connect those dots. So she's gone now. Like a lot mm. of people, including lobbyists, said, I mean, I wanted to get the faith healing exemption removed, but Patty Ann Lodge was standing in my way. One guy said, if it hadn't been for Patty, we would have had this changed years ago. Listen, so now she's get stuff done and it cuts both <laughs> right. ways, Hemant. So now <laughs> she's gone. And by the way, whenever she talked about it, it was always like, she's about parental rights and religious freedom. Freedom. It was never about saving babies, obviously. But the second thing that the newspaper article said that this is a reason maybe for Mm. some hope is they said in terms of the legislature, a third of the seats are brand new this year. Like there are a third of the representatives are not in office before November's elections. They're They're brand new. Entire population. (laughs) Even though it's overwhelmingly Republican 
like maybe some of these people are not as beholden to the to the cult in I, this way. And maybe in the name of pro-life, in the name of let's save right. the babies, they might be open to doing the right thing. So that's where the article left off. That's interesting because I, I, I'm curious to, to see where this goes because my understanding of Idaho, um, and, and truly I don't know a ton about it besides Salmon's a really cool town and also Broken Arrow. Um, has the best Mexican food I've ever had. It's right over the because when uh, you think of Idaho, border you think from food. Montana. I used to drive <laughs> there all the time. Anyway, my understanding. I of read the- somewhere that like Sikh food, Indian food, is amazing in those states. No shit. Because if you're an immigrant and you want to set up a small business somewhere, it's like I know what you people cannot get anywhere else. Oh yeah. And it's like oh I'm coming from miles oh, away. Their defo was not an Indian food within a hundred place, a uh, hundred miles of where I lived in Montana. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. My understanding of sort of the like overall ethos of uh, of Idaho is more libertarian than conservative, which makes me curious to see how this shakes out because I do feel like the GOP is kind of overshooting libertarians right now. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm intri- glad you brought that up. Oh my, wait, well, really? Oh well, my God, I had a salient point, gang. Yes, here's the thing. I, I know of one legislator in Idaho because I, I wrote about him when I found out he's an atheist. And I was like, yes. wait a minute. There's an atheist running for office in Idaho and he's a Republican? His name is Jeff Schroeder. He is the only... Jeff Schroeder, white gentleman. He is. Uh-huh. He is the only Republican atheist in elected office in the country at, at state level or higher. But I The only Republican atheist. Openly, said? Rep, openly atheist and a Republican. Openly Republican. Uh-huh. There's plenty of open Republicans. <laughs> but yeah, openly atheist, uh-huh. a Republican yeah. at the state level or higher. He's the only one I could find. But I remember when I was like, I think that is an interesting story. I talked to him about it, and he basically told me at the time he's he has that libertarian background. That's mm-hmm. where he's coming from. He's not, Idaho. he's not conservative on social issues. I'm sure we disagree with him on a lot of other stuff. But also, if you want, if you were interested in politics, where he grew up in Idaho, it's like Republican Party's the only game in town, right? And he grew up in those circles. I mean, when I say grew up, I mean like when he got active in politics, mm-hmm. it was in those circles. So people yeah. in the Republican well, Party where he lived, they knew him well. They could vouch for him. They mm-hmm. liked him. And so when he said, I want to run for this open seat, like he he's didn't have state, a hard time. State House. State, uh, he, he's a state rep. State Did rep. I say okay. state rep? State senator? Crap. I should, state, state senator. Sorry, he's a state have. senator. But that's the thing. He got elected. It okay. wasn't even close in the general election. Which so is this age? is the I'm thing. I'm so sorry. I Jeff, didn't interrupt sure, He's like in his 40s. I don't his four, okay. But anyway, so I called him up. I, I wrote him. I wrote him an email. I'm like, so I haven't heard from you since you got elected. Okay. Have you heard about this? And like, is this the thing you're going to do? Because that Idaho Statesman article did not mention his name. And I'm like, I I would, I'm very curious what Jeff has to say about this. Because this seems like a, where do your loyalties lie? Yeah. With the like, MAGA wing with the MAGA wing of the Republican Party and the conservative Christian side or with the of course this is crazy and I think this is insane and I'm a reasonable person Uh I just happen to be a Republican I mean there's like four of them left in the country but are you one of those four so I wrote him and I'm like so what do you think about this you know what he said tell me I would support repeal or amendment of the faith healing exemption. He's fine getting rid of it. He would be open to it. Which, by the way, that is what the Statesman article suggested that, that could happen. Good for him. Now, here's the question. Oh, boy. He's, I think 
this is me speculating, not him saying this. The question is, okay, well, are any of you going to file the bill to get rid of the exemption? And do you think you would have enough votes to do it? Mm -hmm. And my guess is if he doesn't know if he has the votes to get that sort of thing passed, Mm -hmm. I doubt a rookie legislator in any state is going to put up a controversial bill Mm -hmm. that isn't going to get passed. And that's so easily campaigned against. Oh, he wants to get rid of your rights as a parent to deal with your kid the way you want to. He wants the state to come in. And there are some issues that... You know, it's worth losing your seat over. But I don't think he was familiar with this issue yet. Uh, it's not and, and on get, his radar like it is on ours. I think you make a good point that he's a freshman state senator, a state rep or whatever. Like, you know, you're this is an important bill. It needs to pass. It needs but he to did come say forward. He would be open to repealing it. And he That's did great. say he will look into seeing what he could do about mm-hmm. it. So I, I don't I'm not pinning all my hopes on one dude or anything here, but just saying. Look, there's no better time to do this. It look what happened in the two years since the really? last time this made headlines. Bad things have happened. I do not understand, even if you are a conservative Republican Christian in Idaho who's a lawmaker, I don't know how any of this sits well with you because it seems like such an easy political victory. This is not a large church that's going to sway elections, but they're really bad people and they're doing really bad things. It seems like such an easy win to say, I am fine with religious freedom, but that does not extend to using religion to allow your babies to die. That seems like an easy thing for anyone to get behind, and yet yeah. hasn't happened yet. So keep an eye out. We'll see. Truly, I, I have genuinely been sitting here thinking of like, what is the argument for allowing people to like start to surreptitiously kill their children? And like, I think it has to do with people being afraid of like having a spotlight put on them and being told that they're a bad person. Honestly, I'm just telling my anxieties right, anxieties right now of like. If all of my parenting decisions are up to the law, I'm something bad is going to happen. I, I genuinely wonder I if it's know. about uh, about if something gets fucked up and my kid accidentally dies, am I going to go to jail? I don't know. I'm just spitballing. It's Who knows? scary stuff. But again, it's, all the more reason to say if we know how to help your kids and you as a parent decide I'm not going to do that stuff right. and then bad things happen, yes, the parent should be held accountable for it. Oh, yeah, I think it. it's much more they're afraid of their own um, freedom, not afraid of yeah. the wel- not afraid for the welfare of any children. No. They're definitely afraid for themselves, yeah, not for their children, easy, which is... easy pro-life argument to make, and yet they're not making it it's yet. It's so... We'll see. Oh, my God, okay. these fucking gonna, losers. Let me jump to Iowa, where there's another interesting bill... Uh, Republicans run Iowa as well. They have control of everything there. Did you hear that the Democrats uh, don't want to have their first primary in Iowa anymore? Yeah, I, good. Get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, that's... they. Listen, you had your no, chance. No, but they're going to do it in South Carolina, which I don't think is a great one either, but whatever. No. Just in get it out of Iowa. We'll argue from in there. In terms of infrastructure, in terms of politics? Both. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Finish your thing. We'll Different do- thought. Okay. But yeah, so in Iowa... Uh, Republicans, House Study Bill Number One, 
Number like, one. Number one. This a, is their top one. top priority. January 1st, 12.02 a.m. They <laughs> right. filed this. So top priority by the Republican leaders in the state is oh, basically really a important. voucher program that okay. would take money from public schools, millions of dollars, and funnel it to private schools, well, f- which, by the way, are religious schools by and large. Famously, public schools in the United States are flush with cash. So much. And so if you're going to divert funds from one place to another, I say defo. <laughs> Start with the public school system. Fuck them kids, yeah. right? Governor what Kim Reynolds. What they do getting born on my street? <laughs> they don't care about them once they're born. Moral yeah. of the story. Governor Kim Reynolds and her Republican allies want to spend $341 million per year. Cool. To pay for students to attend private slash religious schools. Now, and usually when we talk about supplementing parents who want to send their kids to public schools but can't afford it, is that to what public we, private? Excuse me, private schools but can't afford it. Is that what that's going toward? It would. When they say we're funding private schools, can you explain to me what that means? Yeah, we're gonna make sure everyone who wants to go to a private school, mm-hmm. we will help them out if they want to do it. Okay. Uh, of course, if you already want to pay for it, you can do that. Okay, um, so but this would this is trying to push more people to make private it more accessible. schools, make, make it more accessible, more accessible because so, they hate public so school. So did I get that right? That if I am so a Catholic person who cannot afford to send my kid to some OLAP or whatever school. is around here, um, yeah, the, the state will help. State will help you give out. Give me kickbacks on that <laughs> based on just. I want to. We hate public schools. That's why. Yeah. Um, and That's usually cool. when hey, you talk about it's vouchers. It's really cool of you when, to not support the only thing you do. <laughs> the voucher program, usually when you hear arguments about it, it comes from church state separation supporters because mm-hmm. we don't want public money supporting religious education. Mm-hmm. It comes, there are arguments against it from special needs families who mm-hmm. say, my kids may not be accepted or supported mm-hmm. by private schools because they can refuse students. They mm-hmm. have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. And so my kid's going to get screwed over. And, of course, you know, LGBTQ people and their families because they can't get into these private religious sure. schools. And so in a lot of ways, those are the arguments you hear against voucher or programs just, or anything like that. I don't want my kids to go to a Catholic school because I want them to have diverse friends. Like, my decision about raising my children should not have like financial repercussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, continue. So, um, right now, we're in, this is this bill is going to pass because it's Iowa and it's Republicans and they have the votes now. Knowing that lawmakers are aware of those complaints and mm-hmm. still that didn't stop them from getting behind this bill, uh, there's an activist in Iowa named Joe Stutler. And he decided to take a different approach during a public hearing about the bill this week. So basically what happened is you could sign up and say, I have thoughts about this bill. Either I'm for it or I'm against it. And they had like a day or two where they will file everyone in one after another. You get two minutes. Speak your mind. We will hear you and then ignore you because we don't care. That's how public hearings work. But um, what was interesting. You got to yell at me. That's all that matters. There was an option. He could have gone in there and say, here's why voucher programs are bad. Sure. And here's the church state argument against it. He did not do that. He said, I would like to speak in support of this bill which is unusual. And so when it was time for, for the pro side, oh boy. and it was his turn, he goes in there, and I'm going to play you what he said to them. It's about a minute and a half. Oh, it is it is glorious. 
Um, I, I'm just going to play the whole thing and then we'll talk about it when okay. it's done. It's long, about minute? two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, enjoy. This is Joe Stutler speaking to Iowa lawmakers. Good evening. My name is Joe Stutler. I'm a disabled combat veteran who lives in Marion, Iowa. Hmm. Um, I'm here today. I would generally be opposed to bills like this because there's definitely issues. However, watching the, uh, the elections over the past few years, it's clear that Republicans are going to have Iowa stay red for quite a while. So I, you know, I learned years ago, can't beat them, join them. You know, and following you know, some things I learned in Germany, you know, when I was stationed over there, you know, le learning the lessons of the 1930s Europe, probably time to brush off my German, as it were. So what? having said that, I'm starting Little Devils Academy. Little Devils Academy is going to be a K-12 school aimed at very specific targeted groups uh -huh. because, quite frankly, I want a nice chunk of this grift money, too. Yes! As long as you guys are going to be handing out money, why not let a veteran handle it? I'm already in discussions with the Satanic Temple. Yes. They're very interested in this bill and in our <laughs> curriculum. So, you know... This is something that we really need to do. You really need to get this bill passed. Yes, yes, yes. You know, you got to give the devil his due, and you got to give him your tax dollars, yes! too. So as long Thank as you're you, going to be handing out money, Thank you, sir. I want a piece of that, too. I'm only at 100, uh, a minute and 28 seconds. Thank yeah, you boy. for interrupting me. Take so, your um, time. Basically, long story short, you're going to be handing out money to schools that are run by all kinds of organizations that have all kinds of weird stuff going on. Of course, if you're going to be supporting religious schools, you're supporting the devil. So Woo! you got to give the devil his due. Satan wants your money. And what? I want a piece of this lovely grift action. Thank you, Trump-publicans. <laughs> Listen, one of my favorite words in the universe is grift because I think it's so underutilized because so much of what is going on around us at any given time is grift. Oh, this gentleman. I made so many noises, I scared my dog. She so got to up to clear, check on me. He said, I hope this bill passes because I'm going to open up a satanic school called Little Devil's Academy. Love it. He has already set up a website for it. Outstanding <laughs> work, my friend. glorious. It's, by the way, littledevils.org. Excuse me, little or lil? Little. Okay. Uh, Devils.org. Tagline, bite the apple. Get the knowledge. Wow. You know what I mean? That's outstanding right? work. Um, and I asked him, like, so how serious are you, Joe Stutler, about opening this school? And he's like, well, it depends on how this goes and what kind of support I can get. He's not kidding that he is a retired uh, veteran. And he's like, hey, if this is kind of like where my life goes, so be it. I'll run a school. It's not different from these private schools, which are run by people who don't yeah, necessarily he, know how to do it. He tried to save the but, country before. Now he can actually do it. <laughs> more than anything, he just he wanted to show the Republicans that if you pass a bill like this, it may have consequences you may not have considered. Mm -hmm. And in your rush to reward private religious schools, you may be opening the door to Satanists as well. Like, do you not see how this could backfire people? I mean, doesn't that seem to be the whole fucking Republican? And I, I think we've seen that over the last five, eight years, probably of all of all they do is try to rush through bills that will stoke their base and actively do as much harm to people they deem bad as possible. And then 
we're like, okay, well, you won the vote, so <laughs> how are you going to solve this problem? We're like, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, 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 Like, who among us hasn't been given an assignment? They're like, oh, shit, I oh, did shit, oh, him, shit. Uh, because the hearing room is like the speaker is in there, and maybe the next couple speakers in line are waiting there, but everyone else is a lawmaker. So you don't hear a response or a reaction. Uh-huh. They're just trying to get through everybody. I was like, did you get, hear any feedback from anybody? And he said... After I left that room and I go back into the Capitol Rotunda, mm. which is where everyone else was waiting in line for their turn, mm-hmm. you, they can hear what's going on on like a closed circuit television. Yeah. And he's like, so they heard him when he gave that speech. And he walks out in the Rotunda and he said, yeah, they cheered when I walked outside, Yay! which is fantastic. And some Christians looked at him with like this shocked look on their face like, oh, are you are you seriously going to? Do this? Love oh, Lord, Joe oh, Stutler. I should also buddy, mention uh, about five years he, ago, he Joe. He did the thing. He did the trolley thing we've all <laughs> always wanted to do. Congratulations. Lived congrats, out the dream, Joe. Man. You did a bud. About five years ago, uh, Joe also delivered the first ever secular invocation in front of the Iowa State Senate. Have we talked about him um, then? We did. Uh, maybe we did back at the time. But the thing is, I think there was another atheist who was trying to give an invocation mm. and kept getting rejected. Mm. Joe found a way to get an in with the help of his lawmaker or his elected official at the time. Yeah. I should say his invocation at the time, just to say it doesn't always have to be Christian, it was civil and respectful. But And it was a reminder that invocations, you know, if you allow them, you got to allow us to speak too. Yeah. Um, so the last time I saw this guy doing a bit of like church state activism, it was pretty tasteful and like no red flags or anything. Great. This one was hilarious Ooh, and awesome. Cool. Well, maybe he found out that tasteful only gets you so far. <laughs> hey, he's good either way. I, yeah, no, I really appreciated work, his Joe. enthusiasm nice and all work. this. Um, let me talk about some sad news. This just happened. Um, I thought you said this, we're starting. No, we're never done. Um, On December 27th, this happened, but I just found out about it this week, Alfred T. Goodwin died, and he is a federal judge who is best known for something. He died on December 27th. He was 99 years old. Guys lived a long life. Um, But do you know what his claim to fame was? Alfred T. Goodwin, he was a federal judge. Tell me. uh, In 2002, sitting on the appellate court... uh, in the Ninth Circuit in, in his, California, deep in his eighties, uh, yeah, right. When he was at the young old 70s? age, uh, it was it was twenty years ago, seventy nine ish. He he wrote the majority opinion that said, "Yeah, we shouldn't be saying one nation under God in the Pledge of Allegiance." Wow. The infamous Michael Newdow case. Yeah, and just to give a quick history here, a district Michael Newdow said we shouldn't be saying Pledge of Allegiance in schools. Because you are telling kids to say we're, we live in a nation under God. Mm. And he f- took that to court. A district judge said, yeah, you're right. We shouldn't do it. Wow. Of course it got appealed. Sure. And of course it started getting a lot of uh, support uh, to fight it. Attention, From yeah. Republicans. It gets up to the appellate court. And it, in a two to one decision, the appellate court, to everyone's surprise, said, yeah, he's kind of right, you guys. And Goodwin is the guy who wrote the opinion there, nice. basically saying um, that the words under God were objectionable as, quote, we are a nation under Jesus, a nation under Vishnu, a nation under Zeus, or a nation under no God. It would be wrong to do any of that stuff. Yes. And yet we have no problem saying under God. 
So he wrote it. It was badass. Honesty. And of course, eventually this case got in front of the Supreme Court. Mm. And you would think, I mean, even then, you would think like, okay, this Supreme Court is going to finally overturn it. They ended up dismissing it on a technicality. So they never ruled on the merits of the case. So it it didn't ruin the Pledge of Allegiance at all. But Goodwin wrote this opinion that was just both wildly controversial mm. and a hundred percent right Correct. and got a ton of blowback for it in the years. Like he was known for that decision for the rest of his life. And he never like never backed down. No, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He's never. like, no, Good it was right him. to do it. It was the right call. And he said later, uh, <laughs> he was unfazed by the criticism. This is from the New York Times obituary. I never had much confidence in the attention span of elected officials for any kind of deep thinking about important issues. When they pop off after what I call a bumper strip headline, they almost always give a superficial response. Wow. Lori, so good guy. So the thing is, like, he's the exact guy we want in the government, and there's one of him, and he's dead <laughs> and now. he's dead now. Because he was 99 years old. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we got all the blood out of that stone. <laughs> He, he he did good. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting story. This goes off the church-state separation backlash as well and the ways to troll and fight it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Florida, of all places, so a couple of months ago, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the city hosted a Christmas tree lighting ceremony, mm-hmm. obviously for Christmas, I mean, for the Christian holiday. Mm-hmm. And also they did a menorah lighting ceremony for that religious holiday. And the takeaway from there is we do religious celebrations in our city in the name of those religions. Okay. Yeah, those are the popular ones at the time, but also like, okay, you're open for business because you have said we do religious stuff, right? Religious celebrations. Mm-hmm. Uh, so enter Chaz Stevens, who is a local activist who loves uh, getting under everyone's skin. And usually it's in the best interest of like church state separation. So Am more I power to like him. This? I feel oh, like I'm not oh, you gonna. might. Okay. So he's been writing letters to various cities saying, I in Florida, I'm a Florida resident. I would like to have the city in Fort Lauderdale host a celebration for my religion. It is the, it's a Shinto religious festival in honor. I believe it's called Kanamara Matsuri, which is known, which is the Shinto festival of the steel phallus. Yup. Go Google that shit. You will find it. It is a festival. Can you spell it for me? Phallus. No. P- not- yeah. Literally go yep. fuck yourself. No, go look up Festival of the Steel Phallus. You'll Best. find you'll find pictures. You will find pictures. Yes. But basically, Chaz says, I want to erect a giant three, yep, 300 pound, six foot tall, pink penis. I it includes a confetti cannon. You can guess where that is. He also says on his blueprints, which I got a hold of, it's vegan construction, and then in parentheses. Meat without meat. I don't really know what that part's about. Wait, I'm sorry. Are a lot of constructions using a lot of animal substances? I have no clue. I think he's just trolling. However... Is this what I'm looking at? That is one of the things you are looking at. I guess I just don't know why people want to see more penises. Right? I guess well, is my question. As a well, straight lady, I also see said, far too many. <laughs> he also said to city officials that proceeds from his festival mm. uh, would be donated towards AIDS research as well as LGBTQIA plus awareness. See, elevating, now, see now I'm listening. <laughs> elevating both artist, artistry and philanthropic causes in tandem. He also wanted to hire a cop to protect his crown jewels. Okay, well, I would and 
and not here's the trust thing. cops protecting any sexual origin. He, he did send this to a few different cities. Yep. Fort Lauderdale wrote back to him and said, you're going to need to, sub- here's the paperwork for your next step. You need to fill out an outdoor event application. I'm, so- I'm sorry. Yes. And this is part of a festival, a the- celebration, or this guy? It's a Shinto festival. Shinto's a religion, and he's saying, it's Japanese, if you're right? a, uh, no, I'm pretty sure me. you were Why just racist. Even guess Why would that? you bother? But basically he's saying, you do religious festivals. Well, guess what? I got a religious festival for you. Uh, uh, now, one city, Deerfield Beach, has already said, no, we're not doing this. And they gave a reason. They said it would be obscene. It is Japanese. Go fuck yourself, Hemet. You're the racist yeah, one. Yeah, but you were scared for 10 seconds. Of course I um, was. They said we're not doing it in Deerfield Beach because it would be obscene and create a safety hazard. Which So they're saying we're not going to do it, but not because of the religious reasons, for other reasons. Another mayor, including Fort Lauderdale's, uh, Fort Lauderdale's mayor, said, I don't support the display, but it's a legal call, not like a personal call. So I'll leave it to the attorneys yeah, to figure it out. Um, I should say, Stephen says, well, if they're abs- afraid of it being obscene, I will make sure there is a fence around the phallus and a sign that says there's R-rated content inside. And I'll just have have room in my fence for like a table so I could distribute literature. Okay. Now he has set up a GoFundMe page to, uh, cause apparently I did not know this. Do you know how much a penis sculpture costs? You know, it's so funny you ask cause I've definitely been looking at penis uh-huh. sculptures for my, <laughs> yes, for go my on. I'm very curious how this ends. It has two few, uh, fell, uh, okay. So penis statue, 300 pound, six foot tall. Penis statue yeah. made by a single person by hand. Sure. Okay, I'm gonna say ten thousand dollars. Close. Eight yeah. eight thousand. And he's, so he's trying to set I up guess a I GoFundMe. Value art more than these mm. people do. I think is the it's only like, way. If, to- <laughs> if the name of Chaz sounds familiar, this is the same guy you might remember. Texas passed a law last year requiring public or a couple of years ago requiring public schools to display in God we trust posters as oh, long as I they were donated. Certainly remember. Well, that. Chaz said, "Well, I'm going to send posters to schools with in God we trust written in Arabic." Just to scare the mega people. Same gentleman. Same gentleman. Uh, When Florida Republicans said we want to ban books in public schools, Stevens started filing paperwork demanding school districts get rid of the Bible Uh because it has inappropriate content. He has also put up Festivus polls in the Florida Capitol. Um, He's placed an image of an upside down uh, Jesus outside a local city hall with a sex toy. In so his brave. rear end. Okay, so listen. Good times this is what I'm saying with this guy. Is a professional troll, is what it seems to me. Am I and getting a that strong right? advocate for emotional uh, support animals. He oh. has a gentle side, too. Well, you don't like animals. So I'm not sure why you're know, trying I to don't. make me be the anti yes. in that situation. I do think people need to absolutely respect laws. Um, I just did a very brief skim of the Wikipedia article about Shinto. Thank uh-huh. you very much. And I couldn't see anything that specifically mentioned penises or sexual member, uh, sexual gentilia or anything like that. So I guess it does exist. Yeah, there are I get things. Like, so uh, this is a genuine question. I don't mean to be a dick. Like, why do you think this guy is worth? us talking about because like i understand I, that he's trying to do the trolley thing of course of, but like i want to know what somebody, reason fort lauderdale there of course they don't want him to do this yeah because of course it's just trolling and everyone knows it 
I am curious what reason Fort Lauderdale would give to say, if you say it's in the name of religion, they are not allowed to fight you on that. So what reason would they give him? If they say what the other city did and said, it's obscene, Mm. we're not doing it. Okay, well, there's a way around it. You cover it up or something. At some point, the correct answer would be, you know what? We can say no. We don't want to support any religious festival that anyone claims is their religious festival. So we're just going to say no. We will stay out of the business of doing this altogether. That's what he wants. That's what I want, too. Let the churches who want to do Christian festivals do it. Let, you know, synagogues they want to do a menorah lighting ceremony. Let them do it. But the city can stay out of it. That's the end game with all this. That's it. I don't care about the way he goes about doing it. I don't care about the Satanic Academy. Like... I hope it works if for no other reason than to convince these people. If you open the door, then guess what? I know you're doing it to give your friends this option. I know you're doing it to give the popular religions this option, but it doesn't work that way. And since you refuse to acknowledge that, I will force your hand. I like that. I know you do, and I understand why you like it. I guess I... I will say I have disagreed with some of Chaz's trolling methods Mm. sometimes and i've called him out on it and i've said it to him personally privately to his face whatever when i think it's warranted and there are things he has done where i'm like look i know you're doing it to get the shock value here however like the arabic one my problem with that is you're kind of using muslims as a scare tactic or arabic as a scare tactic and ultimately i know what you're trying to do and it's not about them but I fear that it could come off looking that way. So one of the ways he adjusted is he's like, all right, I'm also going to make signs in Klingon. I'm going to make signs in other uh, languages because they didn't say no to that. And it's like, okay, you know what? I can't even argue with this. I kind of like the fact that you're making them all available. So again, I appreciate, you know what? The shock value gets the media in those areas talking about why is the city doing this thing? And they wouldn't do it if he didn't force their hand. So, I mean, listen, here's what I would like to know. For anyone who agrees with you that this is too much. I would I like to, said any, you're I looking at me like my it. Opinion but yet. if you think it's too much, I think the question I would like to know is let's assume you agree that we should have church state separation in this regard. Because even if you think a Christmas celebration is innocuous, if you're saying the city should be allowed to do it, where does the line get drawn? And if they shouldn't be allowed to do it, how do you get the people in power to get that, to acknowledge that, to say, you're right, we shouldn't be doing this? Because sometimes the shock value works, even when I'm not a fan of it. I don't know. That's where I'm coming from with him. Okay. Okay, I'm going to talk no, about... Wait, wait, what? Wait, you have more? Me? What? What? I haven't even Tell us said more about any Shinto. of the things that I have started. I didn't know you had more. I Go. have so much. You saw my face. I have a lot of shit to say. I thought say. your face was, I'm done with this. No, my face is, you are missing so many, like, salient points. Okay. <sighs> While on the surface, I, I agree with you. On, he has the right to do what oh, he sure. should do. And... It seems to me there isn't an amazing reason for Fort Lauderdale or whatever, which, by the way, is like 90% 21-year-olds on winter break from fucking (laughs) Indiana, which I know because I was one of them. Um, I guess my main issue with this, and and I'm willing to be wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway, 
is that if you have the uh, the time, the energy, and the resources to do a demonstration like this, which, yeah. right, we can all agree this is a demonstration. Sure. I guess I wish they had taken that opportunity to do something positive. What would that be? And, you know, and listen, I'm not sure because I've been sitting here for three minutes thinking about Dude, it. You came and up not... with the whole song last week. Well, yes, I'm very gifted <laughs> in that regard. Um, okay, so fine. Um, set up a... Uh, it's, it's statues of Florence Nightingale that remem- remind people to get their yearly checkup, and they're all around the Fort Lauderdale area. There's a picture of Martha Christ, I cannot think of her last name, the, um, the activist at Stonewall. Hmm. Go get checked for STDs. Like, that was, like, their... That's inappropriate to say that that but like listen like the queer community and there all i am saying is that there is shit out there that you can do something quote-unquote disruptive but not just a 16 year old boy's sense of humor i Mm -hmm. guess that's my thing of like it's so lowest common denominator and i get i get why they think that a reaction is gonna spark something yeah I don't know. Do you think um, Howard Stern has inspired a lot of societal change? I don't no, but I don't look to him for that. I think the, three, no, so the thing why, with this guy, yeah, I'm he could do a ton a of other jock. activists. This guy is doing this for shocking effect, and he thinks he's making a point, and I think that Howard Stern thought he was making a point of like, wh- mm. I just am not interested in somebody using their platform to not at least try to... like. He is just mad at Christian privilege, which is a fair opinion to have. And I am too. And you are too. However, what I drill my anger down towards is not the fact that Christians are privileged. It is the fact that Christian privilege neglects other people. And so I put my effort towards saying like, oh yeah, Christians say they do this, that, or the other, but they're not. You know, but they're willing to let pregnant women die. Or I I guess I just like if you're going to use this money and this time and this platform, why not try to do something even like slightly positive? Because he doesn't have the money unless he's doing this. trans kids. What if it was that? Yeah, but how? Uh, literally a statue that says protect trans kids and put them all around this uh, all around Fort Lauderdale. Like the I mean, right that, to that abortion would be fine. is. I'm not sure why it's incumbent on this guy specifically to do that stuff, and because his thing is, I can make a incum- difference on this because no one else is paying attention to this. Does I he want to make this. a difference? Oh, I'm sorry. I am genuinely undercutting his motives, and that's not fair at all of me. I guess to me, I mean, just the point. There's the, a ton the, of people who cho- could be doing any of this stuff. No one's doing the anything about of anything. Putting a penis to me says more about he's more interested in trolling and getting people to... But you like the Iowa guy. But you like the Iowa guy who did Little Devils a second ago. I don't know why that's any different. Isn't that trolling for the sake of something small? Because if this goes through and he actually did it, that's a lot of money into a school. I think putting pieces of public art around a city is different than proposing a hypothetical thing to... I don't know. I don't care where these people spend their money or use their money, but like... I uh, without a specific thing that he could be doing to make a difference. I don't think it's his job to take care of all trans kids. That's everyone's job. So I'm not mad that he's not doing the thing that would be a nice thing. Fa- but, 
But his thing is church-state separation. I guess I'm and trying in Florida, to invite he's... him to be pro-something instead of anti-something. I, I don't know would... what that would look like. I'm fine I with think that. It would I agree. Look, I, I mean, know. I think it would look like calls to action. That's what it would look like to me of like... That in... sounds like every activist is doing everything wrong because they're not paying attention to the thing I want them to pay attention to. And I have plenty of pet causes I would love for I, more people I just to do. Disagree. I mean, it, it's not the thing. That's is, like, I don't oh, someone donated their money doing. to some stupid nonprofit I don't care about. Why you send it to about. this other thing? Yeah. No, I get that. It's just that, like, it just feels very. I, I, frankly, it's me being a snob. It feels really fucking <laughs> tacky to me. And if I think to that's me the point. in my in my idea of how the world works, if I have the time and the resources of pl- and the platform to do this, I am going to take one step beyond trolling. Wait, to be clear, he doesn't have money to do this, and Who's- he doesn't have a platform. He's getting a platform and raising money. Because he said he's going to do this specifically. Okay. I mean, fine. <laughs> Fucking fine. You're right. I'm wrong. I don't give a shit anymore. That's fine. If, if this is where people want to, that's fine. Okay. I'm going to jump to this story out of New Zealand. Cause we talked about this a while ago. Um, and then we haven't heard about it since. Here's a recap. This involves a mega church called arise mm-hmm. church in New Zealand. And basically the story here is last year, Um, A journalist named David Ferrier wrote about them. And this is a big church. This is a church that has a dozen satellite locations in New Zealand, eight-figure budget, a membership of over 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. And basically, this journalist, David, heard from a former member that this was a place full of abuse, emotional manipulation. And then he started digging into the details. And what he learned when he started talking to Mm -hmm. former members and then current members is that people who were part of the church, just attendees who were members of the church, uh-huh. they were expected to give the church way more than like a tithe. You don't just give your 10%. Really? Like, oh, you you get, you get have a house mortgage? You got to give 10% of that too. Wait, oh, wait, you wait. have a different... like Any you have, outgoing expenses like they had? Every, you had to give just 10%, 10% of everything. everything. Yeah. It's he tax also, coming in. It's tax going yeah. out. Uh, he found out that the interns who worked at the church, which is not weird or unusual, but no. the interns who worked... They did not get paid. They had to pay for the privilege of serving the church. Cool. He found out that... That sounds chill and mm -hmm, not A pastor and his brother were aggressive to the point of physical abuse. They said they had non-disclosure agreements to maintain silence. And also, in one particular case, uh, Ferrier wrote about a former church member who said her ex-boyfriend, who was a leader in the church, had sexually abused her. But later on, she got chastised by another church leader because she was having sex with her current boyfriend. Oh, they just you, ignored you hate whatever. To see that. You so hate anyway, to see people having a personal. He wrote life. about this last mm-hmm. year. We talked about it last year, mm-hmm. and in May of 2022, Arise announced that the founders of the church and the lead pastors of the church, their names were uh, John and Jillian Cameron, along with John's brother Brent, like a family unit here, uh-huh. they were all resigning. So his reporting had an effect in some capacity. The governing board overseeing the church said they apologize for the pain and suffering some staff and volunteers have encountered. And they admitted that there was unnecessarily demanding or aggressive things going on here. If they're willing to admit that, you know that they were 
basically like <laughs> handling right. these people. Christ. And then they said, we've hired an outside group to conduct an independent review. So like, we'll take it from there. And they hired a group called Pathfinding. Okay, fine. Like Pathfinding seemed fine. Um, like there was nothing. It wasn't like an internal investigation. It wasn't some only Christian it was a third party. It was a third party uh-huh. group, and they said and this person about, has right? experience with it. So fine, do your review. Right. And we also found out later on in the year. I think this is when we started talking about it. Pathfinding conducted a very thorough review. The final report was was put together after speaking with 545 people Dang. connected to the church. It detailed numerous instances of sexual physical abuse, financial shenanigans, straight up racism. Um, I think in one case they were basically told uh, when you are. Uh, proselytizing, going on like mission trips here. Focus on the white kids when you're trying to win over converts, no. like uh, that sort of thing. It's like it's not that's illegal, a classic but racism. man, straight up racism. That's so, racism 1.0. But here's the thing: when the report was given to them, and Arise said, "As soon as we get the report, we'll make it public." They got the report, and they're like, "We are Ooh, we're we're not ready no, to make it public yet." Our Um, server is down. And then Farrier, after waiting, because he said, okay, I'll give you a second because maybe there is a legit concern with it or something. After a while, he's like, you know what? The church's self-imposed deadline for publishing it has passed. They have not published it. Well, guess what? I got a copy of it. So David Farrier published the report. As is his right. Guy is on top of this. Because he said it was in... uh, Go ahead. It was in New Zealand. He published this thing. And it's like, holy shit, all this stuff that people had been alleging, the the independent pathfinding group was like, look at this. We found evidence of all of that. Mm -hmm. It was way worse Mm -hmm. than even what was led on. So... Here's why I bring that up. This Has is all news. Any church that's last been investigated, they're like, actually, they're cool. Yeah, they're fucking chill no one and ever. nice, and they serve really good punch. <laughs> so here's the story that happened this week because I haven't followed this story since last year, since the report was leaked. Okay, and the church is like, and then by the way, if there was any legal shenanigans going on, the courts are like, well, now it's out there. So I guess you guys are done with arguing about this. Sure. The person who did the investigation for pathfinding was a counselor named Charlotte Cummings. Fine. She's the person that had strong credentials, a background in investigating abuse and misconduct. Classic she's, Charlotte. She's the person who's like, that. They, they said, yeah, your credentials are solid. Go ahead and investigate. We will assist you in Should any way. Should I get way. attached to this woman emotionally or no? Uh, yeah, she's fine. Okay, so great. She did it. She It took her about five very intense weeks to wow. do all these interviews, get all this stuff, put together the report. But apparently, when the report was set to be published by the church and she had handed it over, the church leaders filed a lawsuit. Though John and Jillian Cameron, who had resigned, they're the ones who said, no, 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 you cannot put this out there. They were the ones trying to stop it. (gasps) And the church's response is, well, we're not trying to stop you. These are just random people. We can't affect other people. They don't work here anymore. These are just individuals. You said lawsuits? They filed a lawsuit to stop it from happening. And the church's response is, it's not us. Don't blame us. These are these are random people doing. And did they it. have standing to? I, obviously, if they. Um, took I mean, effect. It was, again, this was going through the process because they might say we're we're part of this report and we don't want it for whatever reason. We don't want it out there. And here's the thing: the courts might have heard that out, but as soon as it was leaked, it's like, well, what, what are you trying to prevent here? There's no case for oh, us to hear anymore. Wow. So it was it was moot. But here's the thing: because they filed this lawsuit. Charlotte Cummings, this woman who was hired uh-huh. to do the investigation, has to hire her lawyers. 
all of a sudden to like battle this out in court because she's like, I did everything by the book. Part of my thing is making sure this she gets published. She feels like my hero. Uh-huh. And here's the, the thing. Here's the point she raised. And this is why this is news this week. Okay. The church said when they hired her, we will pay whatever costs you need to do your investigation. All the time you're putting into this, the weeks and weeks, like we're paying for that. That uh-huh. is what we mean when we say we are hiring you to but... do this independent investigation. And so she said, well, guess what? Because of this investigation and your former pastors over here, I had to hire an attorney and go to court to defend my work. Whoa. That's on the tab as well. And you got to pay for no. that. And the church is saying no. And so she, they've been fighting about this for a while. And last week, a friend of hers, the counselor, started like a, a New Zealand version of GoFundMe where they said, <laughs> the church is not paying Kiwi her bills. And Kiwi me. I don't know what it's called, but it's not that. Fun. And what you just said, I'm pretty sure is racist. Okay, Kiwi is not racist. <laughs> so anyway, they said we need to raise about $22,000 because that's what she has not been given by the church. And yet that's what her bills attorney? are. For the attorneys and some, other, and some other stuff that the church is not paying for. Uh-huh. I should say the fundraiser raised about $25,000. So good. She's going to get that covered. covered. Yeah. Um, but it raises the question of why isn't the church paying for the bill when they said they were going to pay all the bills? Mm. And this week, David Ferrier posted an update where he's like, he's been talking to everyone involved here. The church issued a statement. Here's what they said. When pathfinding was engaged, we committed to release the report publicly. And at no stage did any current board member or current senior leadership attempt to block its publication. However, we couldn't stop any former staff members acting in a personal capacity and not on behalf of Arise Church from using legal venues, avenues against the report's publication. Dot, dot, dot. Given this was um, an employment matter, we had to abide by the legal process. And so basically they're saying, listen, this is out of our hands. Why are you asking us to pay I for I wish this? you guys could see when Hemet reads these things, he uses his pen as if he's like a conductor <laughs> talking about things. And it it's how I delightful talk, right? to watch. Uh, Cummings is basically saying... You know she, he's doing a bit when he starts waving his <laughs> pen around. Very Bernie Sanders-ish, pen around. yeah. yeah exactly. um, Charlotte Cummings said in a statement to Ferrier, when presented with invoices for these legal fees, the board of Arise Church declined to pay these fees in any part. The settlement agreement, um, after a numbers of, of months to negotiate, uh-huh. um, they eventually agreed to a settlement. The settlement agreement was then breached <gasps> due to Arise Church failing to make payment on the thing they agreed to. Well, like, I hope it didn't hurt her credit. I'm very concerned. I about hope that. not. But basically, she's saying I'm saying a church did something shady. She's I'm, basically saying I have not gotten any offers of assistance from the church to pay off any of the debts she has incurred as a result of her vault. Basically, saying I will do this independent investigation that you are commissioning. Yeah, like. The church yeah. basically lied when they said, do this and we will cover all your costs. That's not true. They could, by the way, I should say, eight-figure budget. They have tens of millions of dollars budget. is the church's budget. $22,000 in legal bills is nothing. That's, they could have done it and they could have said, listen, legally speaking, we say we don't have to cover this. But because this is so important to establishing our credibility and making sure we are doing the right thing, this is a cost worth making because she did us an important service. Of course, they never said that. Uh, David Ferrier wrote in his piece, I used to naively think there might come a day when Arise Church would be 100% truthful, but I realized that day will never come. Mm. If they were truthful, they would cease to exist. 
And for them, that's simply not an option. Truth has been excluded from their DNA. Dang. And so what (gasps) I Holy shit. I didn't... I'm sorry. I just looked up who David Farrier is. Do you know his background? I know he's not a journalist by profession and he's something else. Okay. He's a dude who got wrapped up into this story and followed it, but it's not his day job. So... While you are doing that, give me a second. I'm going to finish the story. The finished story. Here's what I want to know. If you attend this church, what will it take for you to walk out for good? Because if the past year and the church's actions haven't done the trick, then what the hell will it take? They're they're still shady. How like what do they have over these people? I mean, I know the answer. What do I, they have over these people that makes none of these people want to leave the church at this point? Because it's out in the open now. Right. This is not a hidden secret. It's been published. It's been documented. If that doesn't do it, now you're complicit in the problem. I was going to say That's now it. at this point you're complicit. All right, who is this guy? Well, okay, David Ferrier. I mean. I have watched his documentary multiple times. Have you seen the documentary Tickled? I have not. So uh, essentially, David Ferrier comes. A, so he was a sort of investigative journalist in in New Zealand, and found out about this weird, like, tickling subculture, and just wanted to like. He did a lot of like um, f- it, it, the tickle. The documentary does a really good job, but he does he talks to like guar people. I'm like, okay, you're in like full. You don't know guar. I have is, no idea what we're talking about anymore. Like Old band cra- of some sort. Yeah, it's like a big punk rock band yeah. that like they throw pain at their audience, and he does like subculture subcultures, right? You know what okay, I appreciate? You dress like this, and you the dots between he does a documentary about this very niche subject. To, by the way, in my spare time, I'm going to take down a mega church. That is impressive. Yeah. He's a, he's a good one from what <laughs> I can tell. Uh, and so this is only me knowing this from, from the, uh, the tickled doc. <laughs> he found out about this subculture of people, like fetish videos where you get tickled. Okay. But there is more to it. And it, it, Hammond, I cannot believe you haven't even heard of it. Guys, gang, gang, if you're a friendly atheist listener, you will enjoy the <laughs> Go fuck. search for the tickle no, subculture. It, it, I think it's on HBO Max. It's a 2016 film. It's streaming somewhere. It is one of the most dynamic and interesting documentaries I've seen in a very long time. And I, I mean, I say that. I saw I it applaud his ago. variety. No, he, I, I, he's a, Capital J journalist in a way that I feel like doesn't exist necessarily as much before of like he somehow has the resources to be like, I'm going to dive in feet first on this <laughs> fucking crazy nonsense situation. More power um, to anyone like yeah, that. Yeah, no, Tickle does an outstanding documentary and good <laughs> for this guy for like he he does capital G good work. Good. So. Okay, one last story for you. This one's short. Uh, the Decatur County Sheriff's Department in Greensburg, Indiana. Are we familiar with oh, Greensburg? Decatur. I was going to say Decatur, Illinois. Yeah. Greensburg, Greensburg yeah. Indiana? I don't know where that um, is. But basically, they've been pushing Christianity on inmates in the county jail. Oh. You know how I know they do that? Because they brag about it on Facebook. Sounds about right. Here's one sample post. What a great way to celebrate Christmas and a new year. Our chaplain, along with members of uh, something something, baptized nearly 40 men and women after a personal public profession of Jesus Christ in their lives. Mm. Over the past four years, nearly 300 men and women have given their life to Jesus while incarcerated at the Decatur County Detention Center. This is a rough part of the country. glory to God. 
uh, Greensburg is halfway between Indianapolis and Cincinnati, so like very south of the stateish. Then yeah, like straight north of Louisville. Okay. Well, it's a basically, pretty part of the country, but you couldn't pay me enough to live there. Baptizing a lot of people. They are bragging about baptizing. it. Baptizing. Just curiosity. Do you know where? Is there a public pool? Is there a pond? Based is on there the pictures. Is based it on the, the pictures. Showers. They basically have a uh, tin bathtub in the cells. Just like Jesus had. Yep. And they're just in putting... In the cells, in, you say? I mean, in a room somewhere in the prison. Okay. But it, yeah, it's nothing impressive, but nope. whatever. But the thing is, like... And who's doing the baptisms? Is- a chaplain in the prison, and then the county sheriff is celebrating it Actually, on Facebook. Here's a question. Here's the thing about it, though. The... The problem is that the sheriff's department is promoting these religious events as if they're pop. Like, who cares if they got baptized? No one. That doesn't matter. It's not your job to pretend like that's a good thing. It shouldn't matter to you. It shouldn't matter to you as a sheriff. Correct. Um, Especially considering if or if not this person should get parole or be released. uh, Well, that's kind of where where I'm going with it. And they're treating Christianity as the office's default faith. It also raises questions about how voluntary these events really are. Because if they're going out of their way to say, look, we just baptized all these people. Here Mm. are their pictures and stuff. If you're an inmate here... What is the message you're being sent? It's, hey, it's, if you want to get in good, yeah. then you better go along with the baptism if Which, you want to get on parole, if LOL, you want to get in better. as if everything about pri- prison isn't politics sure, and what can I sure. do to make myself look good, which is neither here nor there, but I just wanted to say it. I should say that uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation has sent them a letter saying you you need to stop the mm-hmm. if prisoners want to voluntarily get baptized, there is a venue for them to do that. That's fine. That's legal. What the sheriff's department can't do is promote it, officially affiliate with Christianity in some capacity, which they are in their messages. They can't organize or participate in these religious events. Um, And FFRF pointed out that a sheriff in Tennessee used Facebook to promote Christianity. Mm. It cost that department $41,000. And by the way, this isn't even the first time FFRF has reached out to this county sheriff department. Because in 2022, they wrote to the sheriff and said, you participated, you promoted a residence encounter Christ event. Mm. Um, And like, again, you're promoting Jesus using your county resources. hundred percent. And at this point, even if the county doesn't stop doing all this stuff, FFRF is kind of laying the groundwork for a possible lawsuit down the line where they're like, like, look, we've documented this over and over. We've warned you about the legal problems over and over. Mm -hmm. If you don't stop this and if they can find like a plaintiff to do this stuff, um, they could file a lawsuit and they would be setting themselves up well for a successful one. <sighs> I mean, and I... <sighs> the thing about shit like that is that not only is it obviously inappropriate for the state to say, like, being baptized is a necessarily good thing, but it also gives people writ large the idea of, like, oh, well, this person gets it now, or they, they've forgiven themselves. And, like... Truly, people like David Berkowitz, who is the son of Sam, have pulled bullshit like this of like, oh, yeah, oh my God, I'm so into Jesus now, and everything I did was a different person. So I think there's two different things. One is, should you get treated better because you're Christian? Obviously, no. And two, just because you claim to be religious and have quote unquote repented, because it seems very infrequent that people are like, 
I'm a secular person. I feel shitty about it. And I, and it happens, but we get more attention on people who are like, um, yeah, I shot a lot of women in New York city in the seventies, but God forgives me. So if you don't forgive me, go fuck yourself. Like it's, it's such nonsense. It's such absolute nonsense. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm done. Uh, do you want to go up? over what we're going to talk about? What are we going to talk about Actually, in bonus? you know what? I, I We can either talk about it now or in the bonus. I have a thing that I kept like circling because I wanted to mention it, but I couldn't remember. Do you think one of our first stories, they're trying to get prayer into public schools? Yeah. Do you? And obviously that's wrong and we don't want yeah. that to happen. Do you think if it does happen, do you think that's going to make more Christians or make more people leave? Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk I about that. I just think that's just sort of a, a thought thing I have. Okay, here are the things I want to talk about in the bonus episode. Um, sort of the kind of rough shit. Um, Frosty, I talked about this, our barn cat, who I thought I had to put down. He died over the weekend, and I'm like fucking deeply sad about it, and I genuinely believe he said goodbye to me, and we can talk about that if you want. Uh, you don't like animals, but whatever. Um, my dad was quoted in the New York Times, <laughs> and I'm... J- Actually, I, I do want to do a quick thing. Basically, my dad used to work for the National Restaurant Association, and after he left, um, Serve Safe, which is the certification um, thing for anybody who works in food safety, you have to have some kind of something about that. It used to be of like, okay, Jess got hired at TGI Fridays. She has to get Serve Safe certified. TGI Fridays pays for her to get that. And then sometime immediately after they fired my dad, they were like, actually, servers have to pay 15 bucks a piece to get certified. And we're actually going to go ahead and use that money to um, fund our lobbying arm, which makes sure that we don't raise wages for servers and food workers. So essentially, uh, minimum wage workers were forced to spend money to uh, keep their own shit down. Anyway, it sucks, and I want to talk about it. I did horse yoga. Hemant hates it. I watched a <laughs> show called The Tourist, and I had a weird encounter with cops at my barn. Nice. That's it. Oh, um, if you would like... Uh, Hemant, where can we find you on the uh, internet? I'm actually? at Hemant Meta on Twitter, whatever not third party app you were using to access it. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Only Sky. So oh, by is the Twitter way, Twitter back now? Or are we? No, it's a mess. Okay. Uh, Only Sky just released a podcast with Sasha Sagan. Um, and I'm going to get I, you the name for that, but that one's really exciting. We're excited about it on our end, and I hope you will check it out. And the name of that podcast. Uh, is Strange Customs. Oh, cool. And if you want to subscribe to that while you're listening to this, check it out. Oh, I'll tap into that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Blumke, Hemant's at Hemant Meta. You can always mm-hmm. email us at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. If Go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheistpodcast <laughs> to support our show. And you can also leave comments, but also, hey, gang, I don't think I was abusing Hemant by disagreeing with him. <laughs> So keep your thousand word screeds to, (laughs) I got the most unhinged letter of somebody who thinks I'm being too mean to Hemet. And he said, fix it. And in my head, I was like, (laughs) you're not my dad. 
Anyway, like <laughs> fucking slow your roll, gang. We're both human beings who are doing this and have a whole fucking relationship off air. Calm down. <laughs> Hemant's not being harmed by me. Hemant, can you tell everybody? Tell everybody I'm nice to you. <laughs> I'm scared, so I will say everything is great. <laughs> um, you can always leave a rating on uh, iTunes. The most recent one I have it's from gonna be that Darren. One. <laughs> I know, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> Jessica, I think you're an idiot. Uh, it's from Darren Austin, December 1st. Brings me joy. Five stars. I love listening to them both and learning their perspectives. It helps me widen my understanding of the world. Also, just to make review <laughs> of the show complete, insert idiotic rude comment about Jessica Very here. Nice. You don't want to hear about the one who... Listen, there's a... There's a lot of people who want to hear me sing more. I guess no. is what I'm trying to say. All of those and people is... are wrong. <laughs> and okay. You can... Tune in to our bonus episode. Well, definitely. If you don't subscribe to Patreon right now, she's am... going to sing more. Literally, I will just sing back things to him. Oh and God. it will be miserable. All right. All right. We'll see, see you next week, week gang. Bye.